Welcome to episode 146, Encountering Angels with George Corey. In this episode, I interviewed my friend and amazing psychic medium, George, and he shares his personal encounters with angels. At the very beginning of the episode, you're going to hear him share his personal story about how he came into the work that he's in right now. I can't wait for you to enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm really grateful that my friend George Corey is here with us. I have known George for, I don't know how many years now it's, it's been, but it's been some time. It's a long time. Yes. So we, this is an interview that I've wanted to do for a really long time. And finally, I am making a point to start interviewing more people. And George, I cannot wait to talk with you about so many different things. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be with you. And I'm, I'm really tickled that you invited me on. Happy to yes. talk with you. Perfect. So I know we can go in so many different directions. Um, you know, you're a psychic medium. You've had so much experience when it comes to readings and teaching and tarot cards and angels. But before we even get into all of that, I'd love for the listeners to really hear about who you are um, as a person, because I, I know a lot about you, but not every detail. I feel like I always joke around um, telling everyone when I talk about George, George knows everyone. You just, you know, you're connected to everyone from all different places. Well, I'm, and, I, part of it is I'm ancient. And <laughs> I've, I've been, I've been in many different circles. I do know a lot. Of you not do. everybody though, not everybody. Yeah, but you're you're just a good person all around. So everyone loves George. Um, you. you ain't so, so bad yourself. Thank you. So what I would love to do is kind of talk about where you grew up and how you got um, how you started going about all of the spiritual development um, in your life. So if we can kind of go back in time as a child, what George was like as maybe a four year old. And kind of share that where you grew up. Oh, you sure you want to know this? Because I, <laughs> yes. I was really weird, and I'm still weird, you know. <laughs> um, well, I was born in Brooklyn, in Bay Ridge, and my I'm second generation American. My uh, grandparents, both sides, came from Lebanon. My maternal grandfather comes from Egypt. He was well at that time what was known as Alexandria. But the rest of the family's from Lebanon. So my pa parents are first generation American. My maternal grandmother was a medium. Now at that time, you know, we're talking about 30s, 40s, 50s, very different time than it was today. She did work with people one on one. And she also helped to raise me during parts of my childhood. Uh, childhood was a challenge. My, my parents had, it was a period where there was great financial difficulty and my parents would argue a lot. And as a little kid, I would just retreat into my room. Mm -hmm. And I did what I now realize was meditation. Yeah. And so I would watch my grandmother work. She had, uh, I don't know what the, I think they're called French doors mm -hmm. to her front room. It's a wooden door, but there's glass in them. 
and there were sheer curtains, so she would never let me into the room, but she let me sit outside, and I would watch and hear these muffled noises. And all that I knew was I saw people going in looking very heavy and troubled, and when they yeah. came out, they were much lighter. And she wow. would just be sitting with them, talking with them, and then you'd hear laughter. And, you know, so I, I, I was really drawn. She taught me a bit before she mm -hmm. passed. I was going to ask that question. Did she, did you have to ask her or did she just kind of pull you in and say, okay, this is what you're going to be doing? Did she tell you anything about your future? Not really. It, it was a combination of my asking because I was always a curious little kid, but then her also showing me things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she encompassed the full range of, of she was spectacular at doing healing. She had a very un unusual, unique form of healing. She would also, that f face to face, she would also do these prayers for people. And she, she was very open. You know, she read, our family was raised Christian, but she would read the holy texts of other religions from Islam and Judaism. So she encouraged me from the time I was very young to be open, mm -hmm. to explore, to ask questions, and not to simply accept things at face value, to investigate them for, for myself. That's huge. Yeah. Now, when she did the healings, um, what types of things did she do? She would say the prayers and then give hands-on healing, or what did that look like that you remember experiencing? She would have someone sit in a chair and she would stand next to them and pray over them, literally pray mm -hmm. over them. Uh, some of the prayers were in English, some in Arabic, but I, we never heard them out loud. They were kind of whispered. Now, when you experienced that, have you found after seeing her do these types of healings, did you feel like since she's passed, she's come through to help you when you're working with clients? Very much so, mm -hmm. very much so. I mean, I, I do, I'm, I'm aware of her presence, um, my whole family, because my whole fa my family is, they're kind of like the Adams family. <laughs> they're, they're all eccentric, but very dear people. And they're all very social. So they show up if I'm sitting and meditating or just looking out, out at nature, you know, they'll show up and uh, they'll offer advice. We engage in conversations. Yeah. And for those of your listeners who might be wondering, I'm not on medication, <laughs> prescription or recreational. <laughs> no, no, George. Um, also, there's been a little gap in between the work that you do as a, a, you know, being that child and then kind of growing up and doing the psychic mediumship work and healing yourself. Did you know that you wanted to be a healer when you were thinking about your future? It was a combination of healing and mediumship for me. I always knew that I would be doing some form of that. I just, I just knew it, felt it yeah. in my bones. So what types of things did you do before you prepared to be a healer and a psychic medium? Well, after I graduated high school, in high school, I was involved in the, the theater there. Mm -hmm. We put on a lot of productions. I went to college and got 
uh, enrolled in the theater department, uh, otherwise known the ranks of the unemployed. <laughs> and, uh, I went to Hofstra University. It's, it's actually a wonderful school, wonderful theater program. And I'm still friends with all of my buddies from back at that time. Um, I initially really, I, I've always had two loves. One is performing, acting, and the other is doing this work. Mm -hmm. So I knew in one way, shape, or form, those two would be part of my, my path. So after college, I actually missed my graduation ceremony to join the circus. Oh, you missed your ceremony. Okay, because I knew, I know about the clown, um, the experience of being a clown, which was a learning in itself, right? With all the things that you experienced. Yeah, so I actually, that was a huge excursion. I was a professional circus clown for 20 years. Wow, I didn't know it was that long. Yeah, right after college, up, up through like, I graduated in, 74 right through 94. Mm -hmm. Now during that time when I was traveling with a circus, circuses, I was reading for people, not really professionally, mm -hmm. but time on the circus I read for a lot, if not everyone on, on a given you know show that I was traveling with. Now, did you use cards to do the readings or did you just give them a reading or did they just sit in front of you and say, I need a reading or you felt something from them? You know, because the, the, there's a lot of unknowns in the circus life. Sometimes you just have to drop what you're doing and jump on the train to move to the next city or the caravan, whatever it is. But uh, sometimes I had cards, sometimes I didn't. It depends on what I had with me at the moment. Mm hmm. So what made you leave the circus to do this work full time? Well, let, let, let me just, if I could clarify, I, I joined, I, I joined the Ringling Circus for a, a little bit over two years. And that was my first foray into the circus world. I also, at that time, attended their clown college, which was really a great, great school for training fledgling clowns. I also got to teach there, which is a, a great honor. And that school produced a lot of really wonderful clowns uh, up to this day that are still working. So uh, we had to go through a vigorous audition process. I think they auditioned about 2,500 people across the country. Wow. 40, I believe, were chosen to go to clown college. And I think out of that, perhaps half were given contracts to perform with Ringling. So I stayed with them for two years. Mm -hmm. Then I decided I, I wanted a little more freedom and flexibility. So I went out with some smaller circuses. Uh, the, 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 I'm sure you've seen them in your area, but it's the type where they would book a college or high school gymnasium for a weekend. Mm -hmm. They go into a town, they're in and out for us. There's very little overhead for them. Yeah. So it's much cheaper than putting on a giant show like the Ringling Show. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm going off a tangent. I'm not sure oh, your question. No, you did. You sorry. definitely did. So you've had a lot of experiences being around people. I think it's funny because looking back at psychic mediums and the stories that they've experienced throughout their life, it's almost like there were stepping stones from the beginning of being with your grandma and then doing the readings and being surrounded with all these different people from all different places. 
And then did you know right away that, okay, it's time for the circus days to end and to go full time with the psychic mediumship? It's, it's something that I built up to towards the end, the last five, six years, I developed a one person show and I went to music festivals, clubs, I did corporate events, but physically it was the most demanding because I, I did everything myself. I had these three 50 pound trunks. I had a lighting system, a curtain, <laughs> a sound and all props wow. and costume changes. And by the time I set up the show, I was ready for a nap. Yeah, I'm sure you and were. At the end of the show, you have to tear everything down and go again. So I did that for about five or six years. I absolutely loved it. And then I, I realized, look, I've done what I needed and what I wanted to do. Now I want to move into this other path, which I knew would always be part of my my life. Yeah. Let's so basically I love hearing the details to that because there's so much. I think there's so many stories that we have as psychic mediums and healers, and it's important to share that piece because sometimes people just think that, you know, we're just a psychic medium healer, but there's so much more to the life that kind of gets to that space. Yes, we're um, not all born with a turban and curly shoes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I I would really love to, I know you have so many different stories that have happened to you. You've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people all around the world, whether it's from the circus days to the, the healing, the, the teachings that you do. But I really would like to dive into angels. Um, you do have an angel behind you, which I absolutely love. Um I've always been drawn to angels since I was a little girl. And I think that angels um, and mediumship sometimes get separated. Yes. And I would really like to talk about um, how you've gotten into angels, how they've come up for you. And if you've had any stories of angels showing their presence to you on your journey. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the way that I got into this, I mentioned earlier that it was this long stretch where my parents were fighting over money. And there was, I had my first, really first spiritual experience at five years old. During that time, I would just hang out in my room. And I would do what I know now is meditation. But one night the arguments got pretty hot and heavy. I went in the air, started to drift off to sleep, and I was looking out through the window from my bed. It was a full moon, and the moon kind of started to change, and it changed into this being of light, and it started to come closer and closer and closer. I'm like freaking out, and eventually came to outside my window and then inside the room and stood at the foot of the bed. Now, at this point, I know that was my main guardian angel. At the time, so initially I was a little scared, a little freaked out, but there was an interchange, I would call it telepathic. There, there mm -hmm. were no words that I heard with my physical ear, but there were energies of encouragement, upliftment, healing, peace, and also happiness and joy. That experience has stuck with me to this day. Wow. I still draw upon it, but that prompted me to start working or reaching out to the angels in my own way. I look, I had, there were no courses back then, mm -hmm. no books. So I had no idea what I was doing, but I've worked with them almost every day since then. Mm -hmm. And I, I 
you brought up an interesting point that people tend to look at mediumship or psychic and other spiritual works as separate from the angels. It, the, the most interesting thing is the people that I get flack from <laughs> about the angels are, uh, I would say, staunch religious people, like very conservative, but also from other mediums. Yeah. That's the group I get the biggest flack from. But the, the point I like to make to the people who I work with is that this is one of the largest resources in the universe that's available to us. Most people will go through their lives never even considering or opening up to an experience. There are ways to work with them. And yes. to those who do, it can make our path easier. They're, they're not going to do things for us. We still have to expect, ex, ex, assume total responsibility mm -hmm. for our lives. But they, they made me two promises that they would never let anyone down and they would always make a person's journey to their goal the shortest distance possible with the least amount of suffering. Wow. I've seen now, that. I've seen it time yeah. and again. Okay, so can you share with us about that? Because I would really love to hear when you got that information from them, what, did that come up during meditation? Did it come up um, like an inner knowing when you were communicating with them or how did that come forward, those two things? Well, when, when I had that experience of five, I just stood there with my mouth open and took it all in. But right. since then, you know, since I've thought about it, um, it, it comes at different times. Sometimes it comes during a meditation, sometimes after. Mm -hmm. um, I will get what's popularly called these downloads. So I do a lot of channeled information and that involves my sitting and writing as, as I'm hearing their, their voices. But sometimes it'll just come, as you said, as a knowing I could be walking through the woods mm -hmm. and boom, I'll get some insights that I know aren't mine because I'm not that clever and yes. I'll, I'll get home and I'll, I'll write them down. So I'm curious, have you found that there's different, um, what, okay, for people that are brand new to this sort of thing, where they're trying to figure out the difference between a past loved one and an angel. I, I know my own belief on this and how you can feel the difference or experience it. But I'm curious to know with your experience, how you know it's an angel. Um, is it visual that you're seeing something, you know, specific? It could be wings, or is it a feeling of more of like a an expansive, expansive energy? What's the difference for you? It's a great question. And what I would say is, uh, in my experience, I'm not the authority, but in my experience, yeah, parted loved ones, mothers, fathers, boyfriends, girlfriends, do not become angels. I believe that they can function as helpers, as guides from the other side, but I feel that they're separate from the angelic realm. Mm -hmm. That's that's my own own feeling. I perceive when when I experience an angel, I'm I'm seeing colors, and each angel has its own band or auric field of colors. Mm -hmm. Very much alive, moving. Uh, circulating, you know, it's not just like a, a painting. And with people, uh, I also see color, but with with the, the angels, it's more um, 
delicate, if you will, mm -hmm. more subtle. Whereas with a person, it feels like, hey, I could be sitting with this person in a, in a restaurant or a bar and having a conversation. Okay. Now, when you're giving your psychic readings or your mediumship readings, do you find that angels will come in at different points or are they sort of in the background until that person that's sitting receiving the reading is open, their soul is open to receiving that? It's another great question. I've, I feel it's a combination. The, when I'm doing a psychic, excuse me, a mediumship reading, when I'm communicating mm -hmm. with their departed loved ones, I find that the angels normally do not come through. Usually because in that time, the person is focused on wanting to hear from a loved one. The mm -hmm. loved one is wanting to come through to them. They also may want to discuss things about their day-to-day -day life. And in my experience, the angels tend not to deal with a lot of day-to-day -day things like you're going to move on this date or get this job, right? get married. They tend to look at our lives, at least again, from my perspective, from the point of um, our, our purpose in this life, our happiness, and if there are blocks to those, mm -hmm. then they will come in and offer guidance about, you might want to look at this or that. Mm -hmm. Now, you know that first angel that you experienced when you were younger, have you found that that same angel is around you or? Um, yeah. Yes, okay. He calls me on everything. <laughs> Does he? Yeah, I don't get away with too much. Oh, that's funny. Well, and I think people forget that when we connect in with guides or angels, that they have a sense of humor too. You know, there is a sense of humor with them. It's not like there's some serious being that comes in. Absolutely. Well, one of my guardian angels' main key phrases, oh, you're at it again, aren't you, Georgie? <laughs> that's funny. So, so he will warn we'll, you about that. Yeah, that's very interesting. Now, I don't know if you heard of the archangels. There is a like a circulation, you know, some might call it a chain letter type of thing where you get the archangels to visit you and you do certain intentions to greet them and open your door. And, um, you know, you can put out fresh flowers and you light a candle and you set up um, little prayers or um you know, prayers that you have for the world and for you. I don't know if you've seen that before or experienced I it. I haven't, but you know, and the, the thing that I want to say is that uh, organized religion has in many ways co-opted the angels. Mm -hmm. And even though I do feel that they are directly connected with God or source, I don't feel any one religion owns them. And yeah. part of the the gift that they give us is that anybody can work with them. It's part of our birthright. So any, in my estimation, anything that's going to help people to become aware of them and to right. work with them in a conscious way, I think that's great. Yeah. It's interesting because someone sent me a message that said, would you like to host the archangels? And I thought, well, I've always been into angels since I was a little girl. I believe in miracles. But when I got this little chain letter type thing, I thought this sounds a little loopy of what I have to do. I have to open the door at a certain time. But once I did it, it was really interesting because I could feel the energy of the angels coming into the home. And I even noticed a difference in um, 
that week, the energy of the week. And when I sent the angels to other people that were on my list of people that were going to receive them, some different things happen. Like for example, my mom had the, the archangels and at the time it was winter and her SUV slid down the uh, driveway from mm. ice. She wasn't in it, um, but it was sliding down. And she said the weirdest thing was it just stopped at the bottom of the driveway, it just stopped. It did not go into the street. And, it, and we have a steep hill at, you know, at my parents' house. And she said, it could have been a coincidence, but it's just weird that the angels were there. And there's more than one story that's taken place like that. So I do believe in it. Um, but I would really like to know for people listening, if they're new to um, talking to the angels and experiencing them, what tips do you have for them to work with them um, even deeper? And as I ask that question, it's three through three on my clock. So well, yes, I love it. Yes, here too. That's pretty <laughs> Yes. So yeah, and I realize, Lindsay, I'm sorry, you asked me if I've had any experiences, direct yes. experience. I never answered that question. Can mm -hmm. I can I just share that with you now? And then Definitely. I'll... So um I I believe that angels cannot interfere with our free will, that we do have free will, but I feel that there is sometimes an exception. If we are about to exit this life through some stupid accident or something that we're doing that's contributing to our death before we have begun to fulfill our purpose they can interfere i have been saved from death on way too many occasions wow uh there was one time where i i was in south america i used to take journeys down there and i was with a group of friends and colleagues and we were up in the mountains, um, not quite as high as Machu Picchu, but there was a set of train tracks. And I asked one of the locals if there were any active trains, and they said, no, it's been unused for decades. So there was a train tunnel going into the mountain. It was a really nice day. The sun shone. And I, I, we, my friend and I decided to walk into the tunnel a little bit to explore. Now, I'm very observant, and as I mm -hmm. went in, there were no spaces or little uh, cubicles that you could enter into onto the side, like an yeah. electric closet or anything. It was just a wall. So we start to go in. We're just about the border between the sunlight and the dark, fairly good distance in, and we hear a train coming. <gasps> and, and then we see the lights, and this thing is barreling. Yeah. And my friend started to panic, so I just grabbed, grabbed her hand, I said, come with me, we're gonna run. We started running back. Oh my gosh. And out of my peripheral vision on, on the left, I saw this, um, it was just a space. What do you call those little shell things in your wall? Uh, I, understand what, I understand what you're saying. It's like a little cubby area yes. where you could. It was just big enough for the two of us to fit there, but we, you know, I had to hold her back because she was sobbing and rocking her head and her head would have gone knocked us so i held her and me back while the train passed you know you could feel the wind oh my gosh and i just i knew at that point that you know it was that i've had many experiences like that yes and also some really um you know beautiful ones that weren't involved in my okay. being saved from the clutches of death <laughs> right uh, can you share another one about 
something that, because this is really intriguing to me, um, hearing stories like this, because I truly believe in the power of angels. And before you share the next story, can I ask a question? Um, so with angels that I've noticed some things happen for me where I've, I've kind of questioned it where I thought, was that a real person or was that an angel? I had a feeling it was an angel, but they were a real person. So have you found that angels show up in humans that they don't look angelic? They look like a normal person on the side of the road, but you look again and they're gone or there was something different about them that you experienced with the message that was given to you. Well, there have been many studies where they've interviewed masses of people and the vast majority of people have had an experience and or do believe in the existence of angels. I've heard many accounts that have been shared with me about uh, people, let's say, in the middle of nowhere where the car is broken down or they've been hurt. Someone shows up, they offer them the help that they need. And then when they turn around to thank them, the person is gone. I believe that that can be definitely an angel that's manifesting, but I also feel that angels can work through people. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'd love to hear that story you were gonna share about. Uh, this happened when I was in high school. I would wait on tables on the weekends and I, the, the, the restaurant was a fairly great distance from my house. And I had worked a double shift that day, so I was exhausted. Now, I would just say, I'm not approved, but I don't drink. I don't do drugs. <laughs> right. And so I'm driving home. This is about, I don't know, maybe three in the morning. And I had to go through this hill. It's pretty tall. To me, it was a small mountain, but people mm -hmm. called it a hill. And it was the, the top of this uh, road was such that there were no lights, no houses. Off to one side, the right, which is the side I was driving on, there's a huge precipice, no fence or anything. And it was on that road that I fell asleep behind the wheel. I woke up to the horn of the car blaring and I was not touching the horn in any way. I was just slumped over like this in the seat. Oh my gosh. I grabbed onto the wheel. I was just about to go over the precipice. I would have been a goner, but I, I moved it back onto the road. And once I get back on the road, Aside from my headlights, there was this gigantic being of white light standing about 20, 30 feet down the road. And my, at this point, my heart was beating. I could feel it and hear it pounding in my chest. It lasted maybe a couple of minutes and then it just faded. And wow. I, I knew at that point that it was my guardian angel. No question. Gives me goosebumps. Wow. So, so I've, it, I've, been, I've been lucky and they've been very patient with me. <laughs> well, yeah, I love those memes that are circulating about what your guardian angel, you know, is thinking behind the scenes, because I'm sure all of all of the guardian angels are, you know, want to intercede. But yeah, mine is old and shriveled, drinking, smoking, <laughs> God knows what else. I love it, George. So it, it, the best way to communicate with them um, for people that are interested in making a connection, um, I know there's people that could communicate with them and connect and give messages and pass on, but what if they wanted to do that themselves also? Another great question. You don't need 
an angel communicator like myself. You don't need to go for a session uh, in order to do this. Everybody has the ability and the right. So the, the steps are very simple. You just call out from your heart and mind. And again, you have to give them permission to work. So I would say something like, angels, I'm grateful for your help with X, Y, and Z. Or angels, I'm grateful for you walking with me through this day. So you're just welcoming, you're opening the door. Uh, so you call out from your heart and mind and you express a need. You don't have to be formal or religious. You can get out your anger, your frustration. Say, this is what's going on. This is what I would like to see happen. Thank you and I love you. Beautiful. That's it. And you presume that they have already started to work on the issue, which they have. And then from there, the most important step is you wait to receive guidance or messages in whatever way, shape or form from them as to what you need to do to bring about your desired goal. Love that. And that makes so much sense. That's basically it. It's not it makes so much sense. And it, it's interesting because by the experiences that you've shared too, even though it's it's not exactly the same as mediumship for mediums they can open up to this this realm too and kind of open the awareness because i find that when i'm doing mediumship readings or, or intuitive readings um sometimes it's a quick message just to let you know there is an angel that's in the corner you know at your house in the room um but there's times where i've avoided it because at the beginning, when it comes through, it's almost like a quick blurb where it can, there is an angel over here, but there's times where I haven't gone deeper with it. And I feel like as mediums, we can open up in a, in a more direct way too. Um, so I think it's powerful to hear this. Right now in our world with everything going on, have you found that angels have come in in a different way where they've interceded with helping earth or um, kind of watching everything that's going on in nature and different things? Yes, absolutely. Um, the, the messages that I've received about the world and what's going on in the, the larger community, uh, there's, there's a, a common thread. The angels have talked about darkness on the earth and people who are using not only now but throughout history using various crises to take advantage of other people monetarily to gain power over them and they said at this point in our history that has come to a real fevered pitch and i i feel them coming closer than ever to the earth because there are people who in their hearts are acknowledging what is right, what is truthful from what is wrong and lies and deception. And I know that they, they, they're calling out from their souls, their hearts to want, want to do something to contribute to the greater good. And that's where the angels are coming. They're meeting them, meeting us halfway. So even though things might look very dire now, uh, they have given me great hope in that they've said that as long as we are willing to do our part and participate, step forward on whatever level we can in our local communities, do good, mm -hmm. attempt to affect positive change, mm 
where we can, that they they will always be able to meet us halfway. Beautiful. I do feel their protective energy with us. Yes. And you know, there are also, you were talking about mediumship, Lindsay, Mm -hmm. you know, there are angels that govern the process of communication between the earth and the spirit realms. I mean, Gabriel is, is one of the main ones. Right. Yeah, that's, you know, Gabriel is depicted with a trumpet, Mm -hmm. which is all about communication. It's about listening, hearing, Yes, the voice of source, you know, coming through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a good point because there are so many archangels that are known for different things. So it's something to think about, just like, you know, for me, the saints too. I've always prayed to the saints and angels, but as a child, I didn't know about the archangels at all. It wasn't until I started to go down the road of mediumship where I started to hear about the archangels. Yeah, but I think it, it is very powerful to know that they're available to help us and to communicate. Um, and I think now more than ever, it seems like there's there's a shift in vibration where we're either going up with the vibration and the attunement that's taking place and we're going to gracefully go up or we resist that um, vibrational increase. Because it could be a lot on the physical body too, um, feeling all of the energy right now that's happening in the world. So having that assistance is really amazing too. The one thing that I've got, you know, as I told you, I sit down and I I write these channel messages and there are certain threads that are very common. And the one thing that angels as as a group have talked about is the fact that so many people right now are paralyzed with fear. Yes. And that we need to develop as human beings our inner knowing to know what of that fear might be justified. In other words, I don't put my hand into a flaming oven because I don't Mm want to get burned. And what might be fear imposed from the outside, from external sources that have nothing to do with us. I've been feeling that. Stay in your hearts. Mm -hmm. That's the one message that has been repeated over and over again. To learn how to truly love ourselves to deal with our own shortcomings, bad habits, and from there, radiate that love out to other people. It sounds really simplistic and Pollyanna-ish, but that's really the antidote for much of what's going on right now. That makes so much sense. Now, you've given us so much amazing information and Um, I know that there's so much more that we could talk about and maybe that could be a future episode where we can go on down the line of tarot cards and psychic. I love hanging out with you you too. I miss you. I miss seeing you in person. Um, So what I would love for people to know is first where they can um, connect with you. But before actually you go into that, I want to ask a question that I asked my guests, um, and it's a deep question, but it's something to think about. If you were to leave this life today, um, what would you want to be remembered for? Oh, wow. Yeah. Something to think about. That I made people laugh. Number one. And that I touch their hearts in some way. And I know 
being connected to you, you do both of those things for everyone that you meet. Thank you for you're, sharing that, George. You're most welcome. Your check is in the mail. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So now lastly, let's tell everyone where they can get more information from you to either book a reading or sign up for a class. Uh, where can they connect Thank you. with you? So the main place to go is my website, which is spiritlovesyou.com. It's all spelled out one word, spiritlovesyou.com. From there, you can go to my Instagram page, my Facebook page. And I do have, for those who subscribe to my uh, email newsletter, I have a free monthly call. It's called Calling All Angels. It's an event where people from around the world gather. We've been doing this for six years. We experience healing from the angels for ourselves, our loved ones, and then we send it out to all living beings. People have reported over the last six years just incredible healing, uh, transformation in their lives, you know, emerging from really difficult situations. I also offer private readings, classes, and online events. And so you can yes. access it all there. Beautiful. I Thank you so much, George. And I'll thank put all you, those Lindsay. details online too. Yeah, I really appreciate your, your inviting me on to speak with you. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you liked it, leave a five-star review on iTunes. And remember, subscribe to our YouTube channel too. If you can think of anyone else that would love this episode, share it with them right now on social media or email. And remember, getting results is a process of learning, applying, and reflecting. Stay consistent and continue to grow every day.